Parshas Bamidbar. And the Bnei Yisrael did everything that Hashem had commanded Moshe. They encamped with precision according to their banners, and that's how they journeyed. Each man according to his families, by his father's household. Bamidbar. Although this Pasuk of mere 20 words is passed over quickly by most of us, it actually contains one of the most precious secrets for a Jew who wants to be an Oyved Hashem. The first thing we should make note of is that the Torah here is testifying not to an isolated event that happened once and was never again repeated. What we have here is the testimony of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that a nation of millions, men, women, and children journeyed and made camp for 40 years with precision according to a strict arrangement of the Golim, banners. It was a remarkable arrangement. Ish al diglo, yachanu b'nei Yisrael. Every person, by the banner of his camp, he should stay. The nation was divided into four sections, and within each section, every family's tent was stationed according to its shavit, an ancestral family. Now the camp of Yisrael was a very big camp. It was tremendous in size. There were at least two million people there, probably much more than that. And tents? There were at least 600,000 tents in the camp. And there were no streets there, no property rights. Anyone who wanted could pick up his tent and put it someplace else. Maybe the sun was shining too brightly in this corner. I want to be over there, where it's shady. Maybe it was more convenient someplace else. Could be that somebody wanted to be near his father or a girl near her mother. Nothing doing. Ish al diglo. Everybody stayed where they belonged. Even though there were no fences or walls to separate them, there was no mingling. Nobody left his or her appointed place to visit and see what was being done elsewhere. For 40 years, the Bnei Yisrael complied with this remarkably strict discipline of Seder. They and their wives and their children lived, each one according to his flag, at all times. Now, that a nation should live with such unique Seder Achaim is an event that is unequaled in history. It's something that beggars the imagination. And so we understand that there was some great purpose here, living according to the command of Hashem with such a Seder. Ish al-Diglo was intended as an eternal lesson for the Am Yisroel. This remarkable phenomenon of an entire nation living al-pi Hashem in perfect discipline and orderliness was an arrangement that was a most effective means of teaching the nation self-control. Living for 40 years in the wilderness, the holy nation was granted an opportunity to prepare themselves to be the Torah nation forever by training themselves in this great midah of Seder. And even later, when the camp dispersed and the Am Yisrael settled in their homesteads and communities in Eretz Yisrael, this trait of self-control, of orderliness, continued just as it continues even today among all from Jews. Today's Torah Jew lives with order. Everything is prescribed by a Seder. As soon as he gets up in the morning, his habits are already prescribed. When he gets dressed, it's with a prescribed Seder. First he puts on his right shoe and then his left one. Then he ties the left shoe and then the right. And that's how he lives all day and night. He doesn't eat whatever he wants. He doesn't put on clothing that he chooses at random. He doesn't sit wherever he desires. And he doesn't go wherever he wants to go. 
He must daven at certain times and in certain places and with a certain dress. How he eats, where he looks, it's all with a seder. Even his most private bodily functions are made with precision and orderliness. A firm Jew's life is a life of self-control, a life ruled by order. That's actually one of the great benefits of the mitzvahs. Everything is a mitzvah in Jewish life. We're surrounded with so many prescribed ways of behavior. And each halacha, each mitzvah, gives a person eternal merit. But besides for the fact that we gain immeasurable merit because of the great number of mitzvahs, there's another very important benefit, and that's self-control. By means of the Torah, the life of a Jew is always under control. Every mitzvah he does during the day is prescribed according to specific details, each halacha with its own specific seder, even little boys. The little boy asks his mother, is it six hours yet? Can I eat the ice cream? That's already a tremendous achievement. He wants to pop it into his mouth, but he stops himself. A little Jewish child, a tot already knows that he has to ask those types of questions. Can I eat this? Can I go there? Can I look at that? He's already walking the path of life, of Seder. Even when our Chachamim made decrees, we see in the Gemara that many times they made Takanas because of low pluk. It means that many Takanas were enacted in order not to make a difference between one case and another, so that it should always be uniform. Masudar, low plug is a valuable stratagem in Takanas Hakamim. And actually, Toysfus in Baba Kama says that the idea of low plug you'll find in Dine Deoraisa too. It's a principle of the Torah that the Torah nation should live with Seder all the time. People who live by a prescribed order have happier lives as a result. It's a zuchus for us. It's a great happiness to be governed by self-control. You know, there are people who are knocked over by every wave on the sea of life. Every time something happens, they are discombobulated and knocked off balance. But those who follow the precepts of Torah aren't flustered by the tests of life because they live orderly lives. And therefore, their minds are calm and serene. And that's what the Chayvus Levavah says in the beginning of his famous Sha'ar Abitochem. He writes there as follows. Ma shehu tzarich yoiser mikol ha-devarim lo-oived ha-elokim yisbaroch. What is most necessary for a person is to be a servant of Hashem. Hu ha-bitochon halav bechol devarav is to have trust in him in all of his affairs. And says the Chayvus Levavah, if you don't have it, if your mind is always a flutter with worries and apprehensions, then you should know that it just won't work. You won't be able to make headway in your great career of Avaidah Hashem. Now, why is that so? It's because when it comes to building our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the tool we'll need most is our Das. Das means wisdom. It includes awareness, clarity of thought, and perception. It's a mental faculty, the ability to understand and to think properly. And it's only by means of Das that we can succeed in serving HaKadosh Baruch Hu.
We're learning now that our first job as Jews, as human beings, is to emulate our ancestors in the Midbar and to strive to be orderly and clear-headed. And it's not just because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to live happily and serene lives. That too, of course. But even more so because a clear mind, a mind empty of extraneous worries, is the only type of mind that is prepared to serve Hashem. It's very important to understand that we don't serve Hashem by means of our actions. Of course we do. We're busy all day serving Hashem by means of doing. But our actions are not the essence of our avoidance Hashem. If they were, then HaKadosh Baruch Hu could have told us that every Jewish congregation should put together money and make an order from a factory that makes robots. We would order a hundred steel robots and we would seat them in a synagogue. And they would have in their mouths some type of talking machine, a tape recorder. And then every day at exactly 6.30 in the morning, a timing clock would turn on all of the robots. And they'd all start shaking and saying the words of the Siddur. Oh, it would be beautiful. It would be the perfect congregation. Nobody would come late. Nobody would leave early. And all hundred robots would be shaking in unison. And there would be no talking. And no skipping either. Because it's all recorded from Ma Tovu, the first page of the Siddur, until the end. The hundred steel robots would be performing perfectly. And meanwhile, the people would be out doing whatever they want to do with good consciences, at peace. Because they know that the service of Hashem is being carried out in the very best way. Hashem is being served to perfection. All you need is that once in a while, a janitor should come in and oil the robots and see that none of them have broken down. It would be a perfect minion of Oivde Hashem, all serving Hashem with their maizim. Now, if the mind is absent, that's exactly what's taking place. Only instead of a hundred efficient robots, you have a hundred poorly working robots. They're coming late. They're straggling in right before Baruchu. And then some are talking. They're making unnecessary noises. Besides for the noises they're supposed to make on the recording. The flesh and blood robots are certainly not as good as the steel ones. So why not order the robots already? The answer is that the service of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is entirely dependent on the mind. Our minds. That's what Hashem wants from us. He says, I don't want robots. I don't want robots. I don't want steel robots, and I don't want flesh and blood robots either. I want you. Rahmana libabae. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants your thoughts. It's your mind that makes you who you are. That's why when you apply for a job, and you go into the boss's office, and he wants to figure out how much salary to pay you, he doesn't say, get on the scale, let me see how much you weigh. Nobody pays by weight. He wants to know how much mind you have. What's your ability? That's what the boss cares about. That's the most important part of you. And so, shaking, davening, mitzvahs, learning Torah, it's all wonderful. But remember, Rahmana li The service of Hashem primarily means the service with the mind. And so when you come tomorrow morning to the synagogue and you bring along your robot and park him in your seat, He's all wound up and you're ready to let him run. It would be a good idea to interrupt him in the middle and take over the controls for a minute. And you'll speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu with your flesh and blood tongue and your flesh and blood heart 
and your flesh and blood brain. And even if it's just for a minute, then that's going to be more important than the 50 minutes than the other part of you, the robot part of you, is sitting in the synagogue shaking and galloping through the davening without you being aware of what's going on. You know, every man is made up of two parts. On one hand, there's what the Sepharim call the nefesh, habemis, the body and its desires, the heaviness and laziness of the goof, Everyone is composed partially of behema, a horse. It might be a small horse, a pony. For some people, it might be a bigger horse, maybe even a bronco. But whatever it is, it's just a horse. Only that there is a master in charge of the behema. Your intellect is like a man riding on the horse, guiding it at all times. By means of your mind, the Seichel sends forth messages of reason and das, and now you can exercise your free will because your animal being is subject to your intellect. But all that is possible only when you have Minuchas HaNefesh. Because suppose the master gets off the horse, let's say he abdicates control of the horse entirely. So that poor animal, because the intellect is no longer riding it and guiding it, is ruined. A spirit of wildness seizes the animal and he begins to stampede. It makes a break for it and he runs loose. The horse is as good as finished now. It'll cut itself on the thorns and sharp stones. Sometimes it might even plunge into a pit or walk off a mountainside and meet its end. And that's what happens to the body when the seichel, the intellect, gives up control over the animal part. When that poor horse of our body doesn't have a master guiding it with ordered self-control when there's no intellect to guide it, so the nefesh behemoth reacts with confusion. A spirit of wildness seizes the thoughts of that man. His thoughts run loose, and he can no longer serve Hashem with his mind. Now, we explain that a serene mind is the prerequisite to avoid Hashem. But actually, when the Chayvus Levavah speaks about Bitochen, trusting in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, as the most essential of all requirements of Avoidus Hashem, he's talking there about a very high level of Bitochen. He means complete confidence in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, trusting Him constantly, continuously, and implicitly in order to be a noble servant of Hashem. Then this confidence, this Bitochen in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is the most necessary requirement. Of course, the bitachin in the sense that the Chayvus Lavavus is describing there is a sublime achievement that's very difficult to attain. Anybody who thinks that this bitachin that the Chayvus Lavavus demands from us is a Pashat subject, that it can be transmitted in a few words, then he never really studied it. It needs a lot of work. You're going to have to meditate on the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu for a long time until you become saturated with the consciousness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, with the paramount awareness that everything is under His control and that everything that He does is for good. And that's why if the Chayvus Elavavus would be here tonight, he would most probably be very displeased with this talk of mine tonight, with the ideas and the Eitzes we'll be talking about here. He would want us to say and to feel that Hashem Melech Tagel Haaretz. Hashem is in control and therefore the earth should rejoice. There's a happiness of the mind, a menuchas nefesh of the highest level that comes from the knowledge that everything is under control and that it's under the control of the all-knowing, 
all-powerful, loving God. Like once, somebody asked Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. Rabbi Yisrael was an old man and his health was failing, so they asked him, how are you feeling today? And he said, Baruch Hashem, a little bit worse. It means, Baruch Hashem, everything is under control of the one who knows best. The Chafetz Chaim too, when he was in his last days, things in Poland were going from bad to worse. So the Chafetz Chaim said, it's heading in the right direction. That's what he said. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is taking everything in the right direction. And therefore the truth is that if we could rise to those heights that the Chayvah Zalavav has intended us to reach, we would be generally happy people. If you would have seen Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, you would have seen a most joyful man. And that's because genuine bitachan in HaKadosh Baruch Hu is enough to give a person an all-pervading sense of menucha sanefesh. But we're not going to attempt that tonight. We're going to try a shortcut to bitachan. We'll approach the subject of attaining peace of mind on a simpler level. We want to achieve peace of mind any way we can because we can't wait for it. We can't wait until we've studied Shara Bitochen thoroughly and climbed to the top of the ladder. It's too tall of a ladder. And in the meantime, you don't have peace of mind. The minimum requirement you need for Avoid the Sashem. Of course, we'll climb the ladder of Bitochen. We'll do that too. But we want to get down to business first. We want to acquire this precious quality of Menuchas HaNefesh without delay. And that's why we'll take a few minutes to discuss some of the more artificial means to gain the Menuchas HaNefesh that's necessary in order to serve Hashem. Now it's not always possible to deal with the causes of lack of composure in a general way. Menuchas HaNefesh is best dealt with on an individual basis. However, there are some general things that will help all of us. Some do's and some don'ts that apply to most of us. Of course, the first thing is to follow in the footsteps of our forefathers in the wilderness who lived Ish al Diglo all the days of their lives. They lived with Seder, with impeccable orderliness, and that itself was the foundation for a life of Menuchas Nefesh the principle of self-control in our Seder HaChayim, of sticking to a regular routine, is of utmost importance. As long as a person keeps to a Seder, more or less, the flame of Menuchas HaNefesh does not waver. That's why you get up in the morning and you do what's necessary. You come to the Beis Knesses, you perform all the Sidre Atfila, like the Jewish nation does. You follow a routine and your Seichel is in control. You come home, you go to work subsequently. Whatever you do is done with a plan because you follow the dictates of the Torah and you become a man who is orderly and composed. Now, if you would like to embark on this career of training your mind to be at peace and under control, it pays to study first which things might upset your serenity. It doesn't happen willy-nilly. On its own, there are certain things that agitate a person, and therefore it's a good idea for every person to make a list of what things might upset his menuchas nefesh. What might cause me to be disturbed in the home? What happens in my place of business that upsets me from time to time during the day? And you should study these lists whenever possible in order to be aware of these things and be better prepared to deal with them when they arise. Here a man who was supposed to meet up with his wife outside the wedding hall at 10.30. And it's already 
When she comes out without apologizing and it knocks him off balance, already his mind begins to churn. Now it could be he's a wise husband and he won't open his mouth, but still, his mind is in turmoil. Now, if he had studied this subject of Bitochen and Menuchas HaNefesh the way the Chayvus Elvavus intended, this whole story would have passed by unnoticed altogether. He knows already that everything is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He studied the ways of Hashem in this world and he knows that everything is Kulo Chesed. Everything is good. Kol Da'avi Rachmana Letav Avid. Everything Hashem does is for the good. And what doesn't he do? And he knows that nothing really matters in this world anyhow. Nothing in this world is worth losing your composure about. And so the real Baal Bitochen is always happy and serene. And that means that his mind is available for Avoidas Hashem at all times. But not everyone has achieved the, that sublime level yet. And therefore the best thing is to prepare for these eventualities. To pinpoint your weaknesses and plan to detour around them. A wise man takes out his list once in a while and reviews what he wrote there. And he reminds himself that when he is made to wait for a few minutes or maybe if his personal item is taken without his permission, it might knock him off balance. And so he makes up his mind that even if he has to wait 15 minutes, even if his wife got a ride home with someone else and he's waiting there like a fool or his files were taken from his desk and nobody knows where it is, his menuchas nefesh won't flicker in the least. He was prepared ahead of time for these eventualities, and therefore it's like water off a duck's back. This man, by means of looking ahead, has maintained his menuchas nefesh, and he is therefore able to continue to make strides forward and to accomplish what he came to this world for. Now, there are some people who, instead of avoiding things that will upset their equilibrium, Actively fill their minds with things that disturb their menuchas and nefesh. You know, there are very many people who clutter their minds with unnecessary things by reading the news. That's why this should be on everyone's list. Don't read the newspapers. Don't look at the news. It's a very good piece of advice you're hearing now because a big part of the crisis of our lives are artificial ones. The newspapers are taking the people for suckers. How do they sell newspapers? By manufacturing crises. By making sensations out of nothing. If they had not printed these things, they wouldn't have been sensations. Even if it had to be reported. But the way it's done, they blow it up in order that people should buy the papers. What will you lose if you didn't know what happened over here or over there? And some papers have an axe to grind. Some papers have an interest in showing that there are disturbances in Borough Park. Some papers are interested in showing that. They want to make a big deal about hooligans, about a robbery. So they put big pictures on the front page. They play it up on the front page in a big picture. And they put a scare into people. And Jews become anxious. For no reason at all. The menuchas hanefesh that you need to serve Hashem is upended. It doesn't mean that you are filled with anxiety. But just the fact that the news of the day is coursing through your mind means that your mind is occupied and it's not available for what it was given to you for. A person who doesn't read any newspapers at all is going to gain a great deal of peace of mind. You don't realize that. You're all only suckers. That the newspapers are constantly creating sensations to frighten you, to excite you, so that you'll buy the paper again. 
What happened? I have to know. And then after tomorrow, too. And you're continuing to help that newspaper make money at the cost of your nerves. The same is, don't listen to the radio. The radio is creating sensations and giving you what to think about, what to brood about. And it's worthless. And the TV is a thousand times worse. They make their bread and butter out of your anxiety. People don't realize that. So now you know all about what this person said or what the president did. So what? What do you need it for? It's just more ideas whirling through your mind, more clutter than encroaches on your menuchas nefesh for absolutely no purpose at all. Are you the one managing the affairs of the Orthodox community that you need your mind to be bothered by such things? Nobody cares what you think anyhow. You can leave that for the big minds who are actually responsible for the Orthodox community. The fact that you're going to listen to television or read the New York Times is not going to help the management of the Jewish community at all. It's only for your own amusement and your own entertainment that you're doing it. And meanwhile, your mind is always churning about nothing at all. And your nerves are getting worn out unnecessarily. Do we have to experience the difficulties, the troubles that took place in Los Angeles and Hollywood when the so-called Symbionese army kidnapped a girl? What's it our business? Let them all go where they're supposed to go. We have our own problems here. We have to sit and learn Torah and make a living. We have mitzvahs to do. And we have to raise our children to Torah and Yiras Shamayim. And meanwhile, that crazy stuff is exciting people here in Brooklyn. And we're losing a lot of peace of mind because of that. Do you have to be worried now that there's going to Chas V'Sholom be an atomic bombardment or whatever it is they're saying this week? The newspaper is warning you that there's going to be a race war, race riots, or there's going to be Chas V'Sholom a holocaust in America. Some people would like to have that. You know, because they want you to go to Israel. That's why that fellow wrote a big letter once in the New York Times, a full-page letter warning the Jews about a holocaust. You know that fellow? the one who claims to be the savior of the Jewish people. He wrote in the New York Times that there's going to be a Holocaust, Chas V'Sholem, in America. That's the savior of the Jewish people? He's only giving the anti-Semites ideas. And meanwhile, he's stirring up anxiety. Trust me, you'll live much longer. Your blood pressure will be much more regular if you take all of that out of your life. Everything would be happier if you were not in contact with the troubles and imaginary troubles of other people. And therefore, that's a good thing to add to our Menuchas and Nefesh list. Don't read newspapers or listen to the radio, and you're going to gain a great deal of peace of mind. Now, sometimes things come up in your life that are more important than what's on the front page of the newspapers. Things that do need to take up some place in your mind. And still, you must train yourself to not allow such things to cause a disturbance to your peace of mind. It might require some thinking, some deliberation, but it doesn't have to cause the flame of Menuchas HaNefesh to flicker. And one of the most effective ways to accomplish that is by keeping your mouth closed. I knew a man, a great man who never spoke about his worries. This man kept kept everything to himself, and not once did his wife and children know what was transpiring. And it was an interesting thing. All the worries disappeared. Sooner or later, every single one passed by. And all the while, his family never dreamed there was a crisis coming up, that it was going on, 
and that it passed away. Even when the family did discover what was brewing, he forbade them to talk about it. Don't bring up the subject. Forget about it. That's all. He strictly forbade them to discuss it. And therefore, all of his problems passed away without his family participating. And he had sometimes good cause to worry. He had enemies and he had difficulties too. But because he didn't speak about it, to a great extent, they were minimized. Even in his own mind, they became minimized. It's a good idea for us too. When somebody feels that he's being disturbed because of something, whatever you do, don't talk about it because talking makes it more prominent. Sometimes it might pass away quickly, but by speaking about it, you make it set and it becomes a permanent thing. If you ignore it, even externally, then internally it will more easily pass away. But if you make an issue about it, if you speak about it, you exacerbate it. Something happened at work? Try to forget about it. When you leave the office, close the door and forget about it. It's enough you have to come back tomorrow and worry about it. When you walk out of the place, leave all your worries behind. You're not paid overtime for worrying. By talking about it, you're only magnifying the problem. Now you're disturbed and anxious. Are you going to be able to dava now when you're nervous and agitated? Are you going to be able to appreciate the beauty of life and to thank Hashem for all of his chasadim if your mind is churning? What kind of Eved Hashem can you be without a mind? Now sometimes, there's a crisis in the family. Something happened and the father comes home and tells them that the business is about to collapse, Khalila. Sometimes a very bad piece of news, Chaz Shalom, is brought home about health. Sometimes some bad tidings about Shalom bias in the family are brought home. Now what happens next is what shouldn't happen. They sit up until the small hours of the night, worrying about it. And the next day, they're ruined. Their nerves are worn to a frazzle. And the problem is still alive in their minds. Only now, it's a thousand times worse. Whatever it is, go to sleep early. Give your poor, deluded nerves an opportunity to recuperate. Getting a night's sleep is very good for the nerves. It's the biggest mistake to stay up late and to talk about it and rehash it and let it aggravate you more and more. Go to bed early, no matter what. And when you get up tomorrow after a good night's sleep, maybe you'll recognize that it was Sheker V'chazov. Or it will at least be alleviated somewhat. Seder in your sleep habits is a must, an absolute requirement. Have gibor ka'ari. Be strong as a lion. La'asos ritzon avicha shebashamayim. To do the will of your Father in heaven. Of us. Sometimes it takes the strength of a lion to do the will of Hashem. And this farm say that among the things included in being strong like a lion is to force yourself to go to sleep on time. Not only when you're worried. Some people dawdle around after bedtime. They fiddle around at night doing nothing. And they get up in the morning without energy. And now the whole day is a waste. Your davening will be without much energy. And surely you're learning. Your brachas aren't brachas. And your Ben Adam, L'chaveiro, is lacking too. And so you must force yourself to hit the hay on time. You have to be a Zodius to get to sleep on time. That's the way to prepare for the next day of achievement. Now some Sadiqim are very strong. And they can get along with less sleep. But don't begin to suspect that you're the one. Don't think that you're the one. If you start sleeping eight hours every night and you do it for a long time, you will discover a great change in your nervous system, a great 
change. If you take my advice and you're consistent about it, you'll never want to go back to your formal, former sleeping habits. You'll be a different person altogether. And therefore, everyone must make it their business to get enough sleep. In most cases, you can plan your schedule to allow for a program of proper amount of sleep. Even if your child is up at night, you can plan ahead and get the sleep that you need. And if you can get someone to take over for a little while every day, you can sleep by day for a half hour. A half hour sleep by day is a Yeshua. Sometimes you can sneak in even more than a half hour. It's more important than food. It's more important than vitamins. I can tell you from experience, I know so many people, so many fine people, young people who ruin their careers of serving Hashem by not sleeping. They disturbed their menuchas nefesh, and that was the beginning of the end. Now, more than anything else, the key to menuchas nefesh, to the serene mind of an oived Hashem, is to not lose sight of your objectives in life. Let's say something comes up, a worry, some disturbance to your peace of mind. So now is a good time to take your fingers and say, what things do I want out of life? And see... Does this really affect my objectives? I want to succeed as an observant Jew in Torah and mitzvahs. Is this going to have any effect on me? I wish that my children should go up to be Talmidei Chachamim and Yirei Shamayim. Does this have any effect on that? Or I wish to live long. Will this have an effect on my life? Count your objectives. And you'll find that in most cases, whatever you're worried about has absolutely no bearing on them. The fact that your neighbor is nasty to you means absolutely nothing. You know, some people get into a tizzy because of a neighbor and they're nasty in turn. And then things happen. And then it goes to court. I know one man who used to come here and he once visited me in my home. I said, what's the matter, Mr. So-and-so? His eyes were twitching. He was a nervous wreck. I thought something terrible happened. Well, he lived in Brighton. And next door, he had a Gentile neighbor who had teenagers that were making trouble for him. There was an easement between the two of them, and they were encroaching on it and doing things that were disturbing him. So he was scolding them. And there was a big fight with police once again, and they ended up in court. And now this man was so nervous, he was a wreck. Now this man had a position, a good job. He had a good home and a beautiful family. Everything was in order. If he would have made a list of his objectives and said, what do I care what they do there? And if they do cut up and make noise, so what about it? Is that important enough for me to lose sight of my objectives? If he had done that, he would have maintained his menuchas nefesh and his sanity. Once you recognize your objectives in this world, you'll be able to overlook so many things and maintain your menuchas nefesh thereby. Let's say you have a job. You're not there to be a Romeo or a Galad. You're not there to be a hero. You're there to bring home a check every week. And that's all you want from that place. So let's say there's somebody there who's bossy or someone who's a nuisance. What do you care? You sit there and take it for eight hours a day. And at the end of the week, you get your check anyhow. So don't lose sight of the objective. You're not there to sit there in comfort. You're there just to collect your check. If you'll keep in sight your objectives, then most of these things will dwindle. Often, they'll dwindle into nothing. There are other ways to, more methods of maintaining your menuchas nefesh. Sometimes you might need to comfort yourself with thoughts that help you put things into perspective. 
in case you want some consoling thoughts. First of all, you're going to die anyhow. It'll all be over. So how long can a man live in this world anyhow? It's a very important thought, by the way. It's a consolation. What do you have to worry about? It's a serious thought. It all comes to an end. You'll get rid of it sooner or later. You'll hope a little later. Another comforting thought. Leprosy is much worse than this. Think chas v'sholem, what happened to a man who was found pink spots on his body. He didn't understand what it was. And so he went to a physician. He thought it was a small thing, but the physician's face turned grave. He said, I have to send you to a specialist. A specialist? What for? What kind of specialist? A special dermatologist. And then the dermatologist said to him, I think you'd better visit me with your wife next time. My wife? What's going on here? And he has to inform you, the government authorities, the Center for Disease Control, and now you have to move. You can't stay home anymore. It's a terrible thing, Chas Shalom. You have to go to Carville, Louisiana, and you're cut off from humanity. So if you got a parking ticket, or even something worse than that, console yourself with the thought that whatever happens is better than leprosy. Think about that. It's a consoling thought. If that doesn't help you, then think, no matter what happens in this world, Gehenim is worse. And that's serious. The Chayvah Salavavah says like this, the pious man says, Ribbona Shalom, my fear of you has made me forget fear of anything else. There's a big Gehenim waiting. So if you have a tendency to worry, concentrate all your worries on that. It will take up all your time. Of course, you won't do it. But if that's the case, you surely shouldn't worry about these small things. A job? Jobs come and go. And besides, people don't go hungry in America. You'll find work. And there's always government programs. Now, all of these things are just eights. It's general advice that you have to think about and modify for your own situation. There's no one-size-fits-all when it comes to menuchas and nefesh. But in general, these ideas are helpful for everyone at one time or another. But whatever it is, whatever path you choose, there's no way out if you're going to be an Eved Hashem. Then you're going to have to acquire a calm mind. A mind that's preoccupied with anxieties and worries will never succeed in the service of Hashem because the mind is what you need most. It's only when a person lives with bitachon that his mind is calm and that enables him to concentrate on the important ideas of life, the great ideals of Avodas Hashem. And that was the great lesson that the Am Yisrael learned when they lived for 40 years. Ish al-diglo, each man by his banner, with a seder achayim, and the menuchas nefesh that permeated every detail of his life, every nook and cranny of their mind. It was a nation of discipline that would be capable of dedicating their lives to the service of Hashem. And that was the nation that deserved to be Hashem's holy nation forever. And ever. Have a wonderful Shabbos.